monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G. And joining me as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm alright. I coughed earlier. I know. This is our third intro. Well, the first time because you interrupted me <laughs> and you were playing grab ass over here. I was not playing grab ass. And the second time I had a bit of a cough and you, we could have kept going, but no, you insisted we stop and start over. I am not going to be on a podcast where you're disgusting. Uh, weren't you the one talking about putting hamsters in bottoms at one point? I think that was you. I also think you once threatened to cut my dick off and fuck me with it. Only if you cheat on me. I mean, that's fair, I guess, you fucking weirdo. Anyway, welcome and a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. The fuck is wrong with you? It's 2018. We're going to get in trouble. We did a Christmas... There's a war on Christmas, Nicole. It's under attack. We did a Christmas horror movie, though. I know. I'm joking, you half-wit. It's also after Christmas Uh. when you're hearing this. (laughs) It's after Christmas when you're hearing this. uh, It's actually New Year's Eve day that this is... No, it's not. It was in the last Friday of the month, which is the 28th. Oh, right. I forgot that. Yeah, not even close. I messed up the dates. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Anyway, happy Friday the 28th of December. <laughs> I hope you had a holly jolly Christmas. Right. Or a, or whatever. Or a black Christmas. Or whatever you holidays. Like my I was, I'm still trying to do pleasantries. That was this is still the, the, top the of horror the show. movie we did. I just wanted to say. Here's the trailer. Take I it away. I wish you all a, a happy festive season. Or happy whatever, you know? You're going too long with this. You know, speaking of too long, this trailer is like four minutes long, so get comfy. But anyway, yeah, we watched the 1974 Christmas classic by Bob Clark, Black Christmas. And it's Canadian. That was... Here's the trailer, folks. God damn it.
A high school girl's been murdered. Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. And now at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls. Yeah, what I've done is I've tapped this phone so that when it rings, it'll ring at the station house, too. There was a little girl murdered over in the park tonight. Yes, I heard. Your phone's ringing. Remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make you scream, all my cruel, things are fine. I'm, I'm recording. Too tight. I you shouldn't. Have, you should have warned me. You're a very unprofessional. Welcome back. That was the trailer for Bob Clark's 1974 Canadian psychological classic slasher film, Proto Slasher. Black Christmas. It was funny because when I was just trying to decide for a movie for December, I watched this trailer um, back to back with the trailer for the remake of Black Christmas, which mm -hmm. was in the 90s. Which I I've believe. actually heard is okay. But the 90s trailer did not look good, and this yeah. trailer made it was really good. The, the remake is directed by Glenn Morgan, who directed and wrote a lot of really good X Files episodes. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so Black Christmas. Directed by Bob Clark. Canadian. You may know Bob Clark from such films as Porky's. Porky's 2. He was in, in it or directed he it? He directed it. Porky's oh. 3. Uh, but yeah, he was like a Canadian... Um, he also made Rhinestone, the Dolly Parton, uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. Ah, Dolly yeah. Parton. He made Loose Cannons, which I also like. But yeah. he And then he also directed the two super... Or the two Baby Geniuses movies. I don't know those ones. They came out when we were in high school, oh. I think. I have to say, I really like the poster for this one, too. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. It's the girl with the dry cleaning bag over her face, which really illustrates the point that you have to be careful with dry cleaning bags. 
plastic bags in general. The one main problem with those, though, whenever someone gets killed by those in a movie, I'm always just like, just do that. You poke a hole in the mouth, and then you can breathe. Yeah, but it, if she's fighting, trying to fight him off. Right, but how he wasn't holding her arms. He's too busy holding the bag, so you just poke a hole in the dry cleaning bag. If anyone ever tries to murder you with a dry cleaning bag, just remember you can poke the hole where your mouth would go, and then you're fine. I, I, you're brilliant, Joey. I, mean, I know. You've solved all murders. I solved, Well, no, I solved this type of murder. <laughs> There's many more for me to solve. Anyway, this film stars Olivia Hussey, who you may know from such films as Romeo and Juliet. The Franco Zeffirelli film, of course, mm-hmm. you know that, Nicole. Uh, Kier Dulea, who you may know from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Which one was she in it? No, he was a guy. He was oh. the boyfriend who they thought was the killer. Peter. Sure. Yeah. We watched this a couple nights ago. I don't remember the characters' names. I have them written down. Margot Kidder, who you may recall from being in Superman. And Abneyville Horror. And now she's dead. And she's she was Barb. Yes. Andrea Martin, who you may know from such programs as SCTV. Oh, she was a, yeah. a brilliant Canadian improv actress, and she's also been in things like My Big Fat Greek Wedding. She was good in this one. Yeah, she was great. And then at the beginning of the movie, I joked that she looked like Harold Ramis. She does look a But like bit. cute Harold Ramis. Cute but cute, yeah. Uh, Marion Waldman and John Saxon. I don't know who Marion Waldman played, but John Saxon was the cop. Marion Waldman, was she the Mrs. McHenry? Oh, yeah, you're right. She was. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. She was the best. She, she was. was my favorite character so, in the movie. Ms. Oh, you, well, oh, that's just how we'll it is about. It, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's it's sort of like before slasher movies were a thing, this was one of them. Uh, there's a sorority house on this campus that is Bedford, but it is very obviously Toronto. <laughs> um, uh, and so in this sorority house, there's a, there's a bit of a party going on. But basically, there's a crazy person living, hiding in this roadie house, and he's picking off people. Not the well, body also, count isn't as high as in some horror movies, but you, before the movie even starts, you get the impression that they've been getting obscene phone calls for a while. Oh yeah, at the at the party they got an obscene phone call. But that wasn't the first one. No, they say it's another one of these calls. But yeah. They, yeah, that's true. And then the first girl gets murdered, and hidden in the attic and then the rest of the plot sort of spins out of like hey where the hell what the hell happened to claire where's claire (laughs) claire where are you and then her dad comes because he's supposed to pick her up for the holidays yep but no one can find claire Mm -hmm. because she's dead strangled with a dry cleaning bag when all she had to do was poke a little hole in the mouth and everything fine but yeah, so they all basically it's like your standard. Before it was a cliche. It's your standard like ragtag band of of kickass uh, sorority girls living in a house, and a crazy psychopathic sexual sadist murderer. Right. And their den mother or their sorority mother or whatever she's called is the best. Mrs. McHenry. She is amazing. She was really funny. She has like bottles of alcohol hidden everywhere, hidden everywhere in the house. So she can drink and like the she, best. She like bad mouths the girls. My favorite to nobody. line in the she whole movie. She just talks to herself. When like the when Claire's dad comes and he's kind of like giving her attitude and saying like she didn't send her his daughter to this school to like pick up boys whatever and so Mrs. McHenry's getting ready to go out and she's like like I gotta work out look after the morals of every girl living in this house and then she has the greatest line where she says they would climb up and hump the leaning tower of Pisa if they could get up there <laughs> I laughed so hard it was such a good line but yeah so this is early slasher days before slashers were a thing I've read that it was a big influence and inspiration for Halloween I'm sorry did you want to uh, keep texting or did you no, want to do texting. our podcast <laughs> 
But yeah, and the 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 actual phone like in addition to being funny, it's also got some really good scary moments. Like the actual phone calls are creepy. They're so creepy They're because like the guy uses different voices and he's making like, animal yeah. sounds. It's not like yeah, you like scary movies? I'll get you like a fish. It's more just like only scarier. Babies crying. Yeah, it's creepy and weird. Really creepy. I really liked how creepy they were. Yeah, and one thing I said to you even twenty minutes into the movie, like, because the whole movie just starts with like all these girls having their party at this sorority house, and then eventually Claire gets murdered, and I was like, you know, somewhere along the way, slasher movies kind of stopped doing this because the, the the characters in slash movies become just cannon fodder just bodies to pile up 20 minutes into this movie i'm like i love all of these girls these characters are so great and when claire died i was actually like oh claire i know and she dies like within the first five like minutes. 10 minutes yeah. yeah but you already like care about her she's like the them. sweet one and she was the nice one yeah <laughs> margot kidder's the badass bitchy one like who's always drunk yeah yeah. So one of the things I was saying to you about this movie that I really liked mm-hmm. is that to me this is sort of like an early feminist sort of horror movie in that all the main characters are girls and Best. they all actually have some form of agency. Like there's huge plot points revolving around the fact that it's like, no, I'm going to get an abortion because my boyfriend's an idiot and I actually have stuff I want to do with my life and you don't get a vote. So Jess is one of the main girls yeah. and she's the one who's pregnant. Her boyfriend is Peter, who's the super intense musician. And he's a little And cuckoo. he's, like, very scary. Kind of scary and yeah. off-putting, yeah. And they, like, he's the one that they all suspect is the murderer. But one of the things I really like, there's only a few male characters in the movie. There's, like, um, Claire's dad. There's the cop, John Saxon, L- Lieutenant, Lieutenant Fuller, Fuller. Thank you. There's the other cop at the station who is just useless. But He reminded me, the useless one at the station reminded me of like a Don Knotts type, yeah, type character. Yeah, totally. Like Don Knotts could have played him. Yeah. Like, but even the characters who mean well, all of the male characters in this movie, not a single one of them is remotely effective. They're all either completely useless or so wrapped up in their hunch and like, I'm going to solve this case and I knew it was this, that they end up just fucking everything up and getting more people killed. And the only people who actually do anything right throughout the movie are the, are the girls. See, and I disagreed a little bit with you on that because I feel like Lieutenant Fuller did did more than the other cops. Yes, which was still nothing. He fucked everything up. He was convinced he was right, which got three more people killed at the end because he left remember to go follow up on his hunch that Peter was the killer even though they established that he had an alibi but he still believed it was Peter so because he decided to leave the house and stop monitoring the phone calls and then and leave his other detective who he knew was incompetent and an idiot in charge if he had actually stayed behind and was doing his job he would have stopped these girls from getting killed at the end but he didn't that's true. Yeah. So, like, the one guy who thinks... He's the character who even thinks he's really smart and intelligent and going to save the day. And he fucks up. I didn't... I like when... um. So, they're trying to trace the call. So, they're telling Jess that she has to try to keep the guy on the phone longer. And he keeps getting... He's hanging up early. And then he keeps getting <laughs> mad at Jess. Yes, yeah. He's like, you're not keeping him on long enough. <laughs> like, it's not her fault that... He keeps hanging up. She's the victim here, and you're blaming yeah. her. Yeah, it was a different time. A different time. But yeah, overall, like it's a very enjoyable. But the big twist at the end: the they calls are coming from inside the house. Inside the house, get out, Jess. 
And this, I think, was one of the earlier movies to use that trope. Like, When a Stranger Calls was, I think, a little bit... was around the same time, but I think a little bit later. Well, I I was reading that that this was actually inspired by that that urban legend, the babysitter and And the the man man upstairs. upstairs. But it was also inspired by um, a series of real murders that happened in the Westmount section of Montreal. Yes, I saw that as well. I don't know enough about... There's no actual details about those murders. No, I wish there was. Well, listen to your podcast. I'm sure they'll talk about it eventually. Oh, I'd hope so. I mean, unless they're not anyone's favorite. Um, and he, uh, when he was writing this movie, it was under the title "Stop Me." Yeah, and when it was first released in the United States, it was actually called "Silent Night, Evil Night." Yes. And then they retitled it "Black Christmas," which is a way better. It title. is better. But yeah, I, I like one of the things I liked about this was that like. Bob Clark was saying that like, hey, he based the character, particularly the drunkenness of of Barb and Mrs. Mack, on um, an actual aunt of his. But he says that he didn't think that high school students had ever been depicted with any real sense of reality in American movies, and he wanted to make the young adults like not stupid. They're like human, they're regular, intelligent people. It's not all, as he put it, bikinis, beach blankets, and or bingo. <laughs> well, that's true because like the the other girls go to the cops to try yeah. to find their friend. Claire, who's missing, and they—you're right—they do have more agency. Yeah, in the this girls movie. are not stupid in this movie at all. Like yeah. the only people who are dumb are the adult men and the boyfriend. The boyfriends, so, like the one um, Andrea Martin's boyfriend, is also an idiot. Remember, he's dressed up as Santa and swearing as Barb oh, yeah. is feeding liquor to these like eight-year-old boys. Oh yeah, it was so She's weird. Horrible. She was so funny. She, it was funny. This movie was yeah. a good mix of funny and like with but yeah. creepy with the actual phone calls being super creepy. So at the end of the movie, though, you don't know who this, the killer is. Yeah, you never find out. And I read that this was one of the first slasher movies where to do that, where you didn't know I who the killer I was. I can't think of any other ones. Like, what are some other slashers that they don't reveal the killer at the end? I don't know, I'm but sure they, they said exist, this is one of the first. Yeah, I'm, I, I saw that, but I'm like, I wonder... I feel like there was some slasher movies, and I, I can't recall, um, but that you find out who the killer is, and then when the sequel happens, you find out that it wasn't actually the killer. Okay. I might be wrong, but there's oh, I'm some sure like that's that. been done, yeah. yeah. But this was the only one I could think of off the top of my head where you literally, like, they think they've solved the case, everyone leaves the house and leaves her alone again, and then the camera pans over to the attic and you hear, oh no, he's still up there. They never checked the attic, they haven't found some of the bodies yet, they still haven't found yeah. Claire, they still haven't found You're right, Mrs. they didn't McKellar. do a very good job at all. Yeah, they're dumb as fuck. <laughs> they're the worst, but oh god. So, just some fun trivia about this movie. Um, the original role of Mrs. Mack was offered to Betty Davis, which would have been neat, but I actually I just loved this woman who played uh, Mrs. Mack. So. Yeah, that was, and also, was really funny. Uh, Gilda Radner originally was going to play uh, Phyllis, the role that Andrea Martin played, but she had to drop out because the filming began on Saturday Night Live. Oh. She was in the original cast yeah. of SNL when the second season started, so yeah. So there you go. That's kind of neat. That would have been interesting. But I, I like the idea that they replaced... Uh, um, Gilda Radner, SNL great with Andrew, uh, Andrea Martin, SCTV great. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's a fun little thing. And then the one, uh, one other thing I just remember, I was reading about this and finding it hilarious that like the reason why Olivia Hussey like took the role is so bizarre. Like um, Margot Kidder, let's see. Olivia Hussey was Jess, right? Yes, the yeah. main girl. She took the part because her psychic told her that she would like come into a lot of money and become a like a oh have big God. success in Canada and um, because she was convinced she was going to fall in love with Paul McCartney because her psychic told her she would what? so like apparently Margot Kidder said making the film was really fun she really bonded with Andrea Martin 
and Olivia Hussey was a bit of an odd one. She was obsessed with the idea of falling in love with Paul McCartney through her psychic. We were a little hard on her for things like that. I just love the idea of, like, this kooky lady thinking she's in love with Paul McCartney because of a psychic, and Margot Kidder and Andrew Martin busting her balls oh over it. Oh my god. That's uh, so weird. Yeah. And yeah. so, did she did, did she ever follow her dream? And I don't think so, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But. I read that this um, movie was filmed for six hundred and twenty thousand dollars, which yeah, isn't which, very much. Uh, was, or is it a lot no, of the not, time? No, it was probably average. Probably it was probably like smaller yeah. on the smaller side in seventy six, and it made four million. Which today, would, I mean, the, this scale of movie doesn't really exist anymore. It was like a, I wouldn't say it was a super low budget, but it was lowish, I guess, for seventy six. Yeah. But also, like, they didn't have to spend much. Like, they everything looks fine, and it's. They found this big house in Toronto that looked cool, and they just filmed everything the house in it. Did look really cool. It was yeah. all the dark wood, yeah, and like um, the wallpaper was cool. I just yeah. like that kind of style. It looked like a big house sorority that you could house. have a person hiding in to murdering people. I think the I like the idea of a sorority house. Like he's always Me too. having a slumber <laughs> party with your girlfriend. Me too. Drinking. Yeah, yeah, and then they have that, that Revenge of the Nerds scene where they have the hidden camera in the sorority house. It's so that movie is so fucked up if you watch it today. Isn't there like a weird rape scene? Oh, but completely. It's okay? Because the, the nerd disguises himself as Darth Vader and she thinks it's her boyfriend and they fuck in the funhouse. That's so weird. And at the end, she's like, "Oh my gosh, he's like so much better than usual." It's because it was the nerd and not her boyfriend. <laughs> and she's just like, "Why are you better at this?" And he's like, "Because all jocks think about is sports and all nerds think about is sex." I'm like, this is a fucked up movie. It is really fucked up. It's a really funny, and it's like, it's weirdly charming, but also you're watching, we're like, holy shit. And that's not the most fucked up stuff. Like, there's some fucked up stuff in that movie. But I, and I watched it as a kid a lot. Kid, that's probably like 12 or 13. But I'm glad rape culture has changed. Changing. Still changing. not great, but yeah. Yes, that would probably not fly in a movie today. But, uh, yeah. Or it know. wouldn't be treated so flippantly. Yeah. Which also was another thing about Black Christmas that's kind of, like, surprising. 1976 teen horror movie, and there's this, like, very frank thing that's like, oh, yeah, she's pregnant, doesn't want this baby. She's gonna she's have not an abortion, gonna have it. yeah. And I was just like, that's, like, oddly progressive for a 1976 so there's movie. So there's a scene that confused me until like later in the movie where when Peter is playing the piano for those guys yeah. it, was he auditioning or it was like his exam at okay. the conservatory so right? he's like doing that and he's very intense and sweaty and like jolty and he's very weird about it and I was, I was like well this guy's like really intense and crazy and then it cuts and then it's like cuts to another scene and it cuts back to him like smashing the piano with the microphone yeah. stand and I didn't realize that the other four men were gone <laughs> oh. I thought it was like and then I was like oh maybe it's maybe you it's said, is a, he like a weird like artist I, th I thought it I'm was like, a what? weird no. I thought he was doing performance art yeah. I was like oh that would make sense of why he's so <laughs> like so sweaty and like intense no, I I also thought that casting was pretty brilliant because if you've seen two thousand and one, like you want that kind of like borderline weird, like he has like a weird look to his eyes. Kier Delea does. He really does, yeah. And I'm his full forehead, like it's just. It like was weird to see him with long hair, actually. Because I'm used to him having short hair as an astronaut. Open the pod bay doors, as Hal. An astronaut. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. You should watch that movie with me. Oh, it's so long. It's very good, and though. It's slow. It's not slow. It's deliberate. Oh, my God. 
Your favorite word to describe slow, boring movies. Deliberately paced. Deliberately so did you like this movie? I did a lot. I had a lot so of fun I. watching it. Yeah, Was I really it enjoyed it. So as you may have already noticed, because it's the 28th and you didn't get a bonus episode this month. Sorry. We're not sorry. We don't owe them anything. But no, we are sorry. Um, we have actually watched the movie for it. Uh, but we're going to have some special guests on that episode, and schedules haven't aligned in order to record that special guest episode. So we will uh, bring you that as the bonus episode for January. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be, uh, if you want to watch it beforehand, we're going to be it was Shin Godzilla from 2016. So watch Shin Godzilla, even if you're not going to listen to our podcast, because it's a good movie. But watch that, and we'll have the bonus episode at some point, probably mid-January. Yep. And then our actual film for June, for January. January. The, fi- the final Friday oh, of January. Oh, you stop. You're, you once was fine. This will is be too much. The 19, another 1970s movie, 1976, The Food of the Gods, directed by Burt I. Gordon. Now, have you ever seen a Burt I. Gordon movie? No. I've seen a bunch. What else has he done? Oh, bad, schlocky monster nice. movies that are on Mystery Science Theater a lot. Really? Maybe I have seen That's them. where I've seen a bunch of them, like The Spider, um... Uh, what else is on? Amazing Colossal Man. I think he also did, yeah, King Dinosaur. He's done a bunch of bad movies. I'm not expecting this to be all that good. I'm excited for it, though, because I actually like his bad, cheesy B-movies. Um, but I'm not sure how they're going to work without MST3K commentary. But we're going to find out. It's based on an H.G. Wells novel. Based on the movie poster, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's a big old rat eating a woman. <laughs> In a tree. You know, like a rat would do. <laughs> So yeah, look forward to that on the last Friday of January. January! And we will uh, we'll talk to you all then in the new year. Happy New Nicole, happy new year to you. Happy new year. Happy, happy new year to all of you at home, or in your car, or wherever you're listening to this. Both hands on the wheel, ten and two. Um, <laughs> should old acquaintance what are you be forgot... And never brought to mind. Do you want to Should all acquaintances be forgot? And something all things on for all. It's the New Year's song. I don't Lang-Syne care about New Year's. I'm in bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> we'll take a cup of kindness. Yeah. Something all right, bye. Old, I have to do my do the old, old, I'm doing it, Lang. <laughs> now you hum it. No. <laughs> Say goodbye to everyone. That, anyway, thank you for coming back. We're glad that the podcast came back this year. We're going to continue to do our once and or twice a month schedule for the foreseeable future. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, I am the creature, Joey G. And I'm the bride, Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. Could this woman ever decide (laughs) to wed this man?